live. I think, therefore, I am live. It's true. This Chaos. very existential Wait. edition. Is that oh. can't? What? They can't? I can't. I think, therefore, I am? I can't deal with this right now. We have to move on. All right, the good place. Check it out. Hi, it's the Media Boat Podcast, your favorite podcast about existential dilemmas. I mean, about media. On a boat. Not on a boat. boat. No, we're not on a boat. In a boat. Yes, the Media Boat Podcast. It's your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order, uh, but some order thereof. You always do that. Yeah, not on purpose. Oh, it's on purpose. But yeah, uh, this is, uh, today is July 31st, last day of July of uh, 2019. Goodbye, uh, July. Goodbye, goodbye July. summer. Welcome. It was so the long. hot fall. Like, Jesus, how long was July for you? Because I feel like July was like an entire year for me. Really? It <laughs> was so long. It went by, went by so fast. So much has happened this month that I can't even keep track of all, all of it. Uh, but yeah, um, I am one of your hosts, Matt. He's Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We and, are uh, yeah. dealing with the end of summer here. In the summer, summer doldrums. We yeah. were discussing kind of pre-podcast today about how it's just so slow in the world of media right now, news-wise. Not a whole lot of stuff to talk about, but what we did, uh, we did manage to kind of mine some gems for you. We got a couple of emeralds, some rubies, maybe a, a c- sapphire. A couple of ores there. Some, uh, some ore for you. A big load. A <laughs> big load. We're bringing you our big load today, the Media Vote Podcast. Uh, full of amazing. Uh, in all of this, stories. we'll have a couple gems it's yeah, for you. <laughs> oh, so speaking of that, what? Um, I guess I'll talk about when we get to TV, though. I mean, yes. Let's wait for TV. Let's news wait for TV, TV though. To t- the TV news section. Yeah, I think yes. you know what I'm talking about. Possibly. But we'll talk about that. We should TV. wait on that. But we have movies. We always talk about movies, and we always start talking about movies. With the weekend box office numbers. So, does Quentin Tarantino have the number one film this week? He does not. Who? He does not because Disney's juggernaut, The Lion King, has taken a second week at number two. Or number one, sorry. <laughs> second week at number one. He took a big number two. Big number two all over <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. No, that's not true. No, it's a uh, big number two weekend yes. for it to still stay at number, number one. one. Uh, global. Oh, go ahead. What's yeah, the numbers uh, on that? The, the, no, bad, bad, bad. the number for uh, the weekend was seventy-six million dollars. That adds to his domestic total of three hundred and fifty-one million smackers. Um, take that to its international total at nine hundred and ninety-nine million dollars. So that thing will literally. I think like right now, tomorrow? as of yeah. <laughs> as of the box office of today, it hit one billion dollars, yeah. giving Disney its fourth billion-dollar film. Uh, of uh, the fourth, year. Of course, chronolog- chronologically, because another uh, uh, D- Disney co-production hit billion that we'll get to later in this chart. Yeah. Uh, but then number two, yes, was Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Made a respectable $41 million, which is probably good for its budget, I would assume. Yeah, $30 million budget. Yeah, so uh, not bad. Another hit for Quentin Tarantino. No surprises there. No surprises there. Number three, Spider-Man Far From Home, the movie I was referring to, got another $12 million. That's sitting at $344 million domestic. But yes, passed the billion-dollar yes. worldwide mark this week. That officially hit the billion-dollar mark, which means if those Marvel rumors are true, uh, Marvel Studios will get to direct the or get to produce the third 
Spider-Man film. I think if you're Sony, that's a no-brainer because these things with you saw how Venom <laughs> did like these yes. things without the Marvel power, like the Disney uh, power behind it. It does okay, it does respectable, but isn't a juggernaut. Like right, but that's the thing is that there's no Sony creative influence on it. Yeah, they just collect money on it. Right. So they don't put. They can't put their own stamp on it. No. And, so it's not and why really would theirs. You, though. It's that that becomes just a vanity thing. And oh, it is totally a vanity yeah, and thing. Like, why bother when you? It's can it's vanity fair. Money? It's just a vanity fair. Movie based on Vanity Fair coming out uh, soon. Yes, where you someone has an affair. <laughs> a vanity affair. A vanity affair. Write that. You should write that movie. <laughs> vanity sequel affair. to capital letters. Just capital letters. Vanity affair. Vanity, vanity affair. Somebody from Vanity Fair <laughs> has an affair. That's it. That's the entire movie. Anyway, uh, number four, uh, Toy Story four coming in with another ten million dollars. That's just under four hundred million domestic right now. Uh, that'll probably hit 400 domestic yeah, yeah, by the end, by next weekend. And lastly, number five, Crawl. Still hanging in there in the summer. <laughs> That's how slow this summer is. That alligator movie. But that alligator movie made another $4 million, which was high enough to get to, top to, to get to the top five. That's a $31 million domestic. Yeah, but uh, sitting just under that is still yesterday. Yesterday, at number yes. six. Just, just barely off the top five. Yep. All right, those are your top five movies. What are you seeing this weekend? I don't know what I'm seeing, but here are the new releases. Here are the new releases. Uh, it's just one. Yes. Because everything else got out of the way. Oh. Or, again, slow summer. Hobbs and or Shaw, which, of course, is the... Uh, yes. Sorry, Hobbs I, I, and Shaw. I believe we have to say that it's full title, though, which is Fast and Furious Presents <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. So, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw is the uh, spinoff. The uh, Dwayne the, Johnson, Jason Statham spinoff of movie. the Fast Furious franchise. Yes, uh, I've already <clears throat> seen some early reviews. It seems completely ludicrous, but exactly what you want for this kind of movie. Which is funny because I don't think ludicrous is in this film. No, surprisingly enough, surprisingly <laughs> enough, no ludicrous, but it is more ludicrous uh, without him. So yeah, I saw one review. <coughs> wow, I saw one review that said this that this film makes the Marvel comic books look logical by these <laughs> aspects. <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> I saw the same quote, actually. We must have been looking in the same place. Probably. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's really funny. So yeah, that'll, that's your one new release. We may or may not see it before next week. Um, I will see it at some point. It is part of my Drunken Sundays. Okay. Well, a Drunken Sunday. You will get drunk and you will see this movie. Yes, because this film... It's a fine tradition, get, yes. Yes. Because for these type of films, you need to be drunk in order to watch it. I don't know if need is maybe a okay, yes. strong word. Okay, yes. Need is definitely a I strong word. I would say that it accentuates the already ridiculousness of the movie. It makes, yes. It makes you more willing to like just have the movie take you on a ride. Well, seeing as I did this with Fate of the Furious... Yeah, then it makes sense to do it It makes again. sense to do it again. <coughs> anyway, that's uh, your one release, so uh, nothing else is coming out. Nope. You have to wait until next week before all the rest of the movies come out. And uh, boy, do the rest of the movies and come I out. I mean like five. So get ready for next week and we'll uh, see some movies. It's the uh, rest of the summer dump. But yeah, that's it for new releases, which means we now uh, get to talk about a thought, because you saw one of these movies. Yes. Uh, so, I have seen The Lion King. But also, but also, you, talk, uh, you have a new movie to talk about. Yes, I, I saw the number two film, 
this week, uh, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So tell me a story. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Tell, tell me a story. What, what happened Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there was a murder. Murder? Murder! Murder most foul? Yes. Okay. It was running most, most foul Cause, cause in the 19th Because I'm sick of uh, regular murder. I, I only want murder most foul. Well, I'm also sick of murder most beef. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Is this good? Um, it depends. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Because when I first saw it, each individual scene is good. Okay. I like what he does with each individual scene. All right. As a whole, I kind of question it. Okay, so let me take a wild guess here. So I have purposefully not read... Any reviews of this okay. film? I have not read any coverage. I have not. I've completely kept myself away from anything. However, I have seen Quentin Tarantino movies. Yes. So here's what I assume this movie is. This movie is very, very, very loosely based right. on real events um, uh, involving these real characters. Um, it's very stylized. It has um, weird, drawn-out uh, periods of dialogue. It has. Uh, well-placed uh, music from the era in which it takes place, and um, it wants so badly to be something you was, would have seen in a drive uh, in a drive-in in, in uh, nineteen seventy-one. Close. <laughs> okay. You're about eighty percent there. Eighty percent there. Okay. What am I missing? What are the pieces of this thing I'm missing? Uh, the whole historical accuracy thing. Mm-hmm. Um. As we've noted on this podcast before, that this film is, is supposed to surround itself with the Manson murders with yeah. Sharon Tate in Hollywood. Right, yes. Um, that doesn't happen until, like, the third act that any of it like, actually that comes to fruition. That doesn't surprise me, because he does like to take a long time to, for setup. Yeah, but that's also the thing about this film, is that if you're not in it for the Hollywood nostalgia, if you're not in it for... The Act 2, which Act 2 has double meaning here because it's not only the <laughs> actors trying to find their second act, but the yeah. bulk of this film takes place squarely in Act 2 of, of, of What's Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nah. Uh, but yeah, it's about trying to find your Act 2, but then also trying to be more than what the idealized Hollywood turn of the... Millennia, century, half century. Uh, Turn of the golden age. And dying uh, of a genre. I don't know. It's weird because it's like the the sixties were such a turning point in culture, but there's no real easy phrase because they didn't happen like mid century either. So it's like right. this weird like I don't know what you call it. What's well, what I'm trying to get at is that... But yeah, it's the like 60s. The, the, Let's call it the 60s. The end of the 60s yeah. turning into... Into the 70s. The 70s. Yeah, the, uh, the, the summer of love. Uh, yes, the hippie culture, as yeah. they ask for mention it plenty yeah. of times yeah. in the movie. Uh, but yeah, it, it delves into some weird stuff. It definitely plays with the Hollywood version of an actor's dream and the Hollywood version of... Hollywood stream, but while at the same time, the Hollywood version of what actually happened to Hollywood. Right. Yeah. It in itself is a is Hollywood yes. telling you a story of people who interacted with Hollywood 
and had varying views of what that was. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the main characters in this film, I can't decide if it's Leonardo DiCaprio's story or if it's Brad Pitt's story. That might be on purpose. Uh, because it seems like uh, when you get both of them, you want to give them equal screen time. Well, you know, I think they do actually get equal screen time. Yeah. But their past that they go about this single day, which, by the way, this whole thing takes place over three days. Hmm. You have the opening act, which is one day or technically half a day. Is it really split by acts? No, it doesn't okay. say, like, act one, act two. It doesn't say, but it just the, the days start by, like, yeah. a title that says this date. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, you have the first act just happens on one day. Then the second act, which takes place on the second day. The third act takes place on the third day. Okay. But the majority of it takes place in Act 2, which is, takes place over one yeah. seemingly extra long day. Okay. Like, it's weird because, like, wow, they actually did a lot in this one day. <laughs> like, did they really do this much? Or is it just your Hollywoodized version of Hollywood Dreamland, this is what you can do in a day. At a certain point, yeah, you have to you have to then just suspend your reality. You have to you have to completely subscribe to the the this is a movie uh, part of this whole yeah. thing. But no, it, I liked what it did with it. Played with a lot of stuff, like especially um, I think if I had known more history about the Manson murders, it um, would have hit me more. Yeah, like. Knowing what's going to happen, just having some context yeah. of what's going on, or like who they're interacting with. Because yeah, for for our generation, that's a very very far off cultural touchstone. We know very vaguely about it. We didn't live through it. Right. Our parents barely lived through it. Uh, you know, for our age group. Yeah. And so yeah, it's like it's not a super like well known thing for us. So yeah, like. Even though there is a lot of like media out there, especially yeah. in current day, where you can go and find yeah. some of this. In fact, that's a good point. I was actually just going to bring that up. Although we are a, uh, a generation that is uniquely obsessed with murder. Yeah. To the point where we have, like, several popular podcast series and television shows that are explicitly about famous murders, especially famous murders in culture. Like, pop culture murders, like, such as the Charlie Manson stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's actually... And this also comes shortly after... Charlie Manson's, like, death. So, and all that insanity. So, yeah. Well, we're also coming up on the 50th? Yeah, I, I, anniversary? I bet we are. I fit, in fact, that night. We're 69, This so, year, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, no, not that, nice that they were no. murdered, but, you know. <laughs> no, I but, think that I is the 50th again. anniversary <laughs> of the murderers. <laughs> yeah, definitely not that's not the nice part. Um, but... Yeah, so, uh, anyway. Uh, so, okay, so we're kind of getting muddled in the in the themes here. Yeah, no, but this one was actually supposed to come out later, but it right. got pushed up because it would have uh, been, like, around the 50th anniversary in October. So they wanted to push yeah. it up, the release date, so it didn't really, like, super conflict with it. So, yeah, we're getting muddled in the themes here, but uh, what about the, the quality here? So you mentioned earlier that you kind of, you liked, like, the individual scenes and, like, the de- direction of this thing you yes. appreciated. Uh, what's missing, though? Because you, you seemed like that that was leading towards a counterpoint. Um, a but. There's a, a but in this sentence. Oh, that I liked it? Yeah. But. But. Oh, no, my but was that I don't have, like, a personal connection okay. to it. So, that was my but, that because I, I know of, I know because of, like, schooling and stuff, 
I know of old Hollywood. I know of those films. I know of these yeah. actors in that era. But when it comes to the like Manson murders and how that all like fits into less it, less, less knowledgeable. Yeah, like so, I know of the name, but I don't know what they did, who was involved, okay. anything like that. Like how they did it, like all of that supposed knowledge. Context notwithstanding. So you felt positively. Yeah. Uh, how 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 do you think of this compared to the the Tarantino over? It felt like it wasn't a Tarantino film until the third act when you realized, <laughs> oh, I should probably make this a Tarantino film and throw in some over-the-top um, violence and, like, social commentary. Fair enough. I mean... Which is, well, I can't really say that. Because the social commentary was thrown, like, yeah. throughout the film. And it wasn't even subtle either. It was definitely, like, nail on the head. Oh, okay. This is what you're supposed to get. This is clearly two actors debating something that I want to specifically talk about. If there is one thing I do not expect in a Quentin Tarantino movie, it is subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not surprised at all by that. No, but he does kind of play with expectations, especially with sound and music and ambiance and all that. Sure, yeah. But it, it's great. You're getting it. Um, be, beware of the feet. There there's, are a lot of feet. There's a lot of feet. Yeah, he a lot of 70s feet. feet. He loves feet. Yeah, but we don't get clean feet now. We get dirty feet. We get callous feet. You know feet. what? I'm sure he loves feet of all uh, uh, levels of dirt, dirt, dirtiness. Let me get, see Margot Robbie's feet, if that's something. If that's something you want. That's something you want. That movie has that. <laughs> I mean, you already got her in a bubble bath in uh, uh, Scorsese films. Now you get uh, her feet in the yeah. Tarantino movie. Yeah. There you go. Anyway... Uh, so, anything else you want to say about this movie? Um, uh, do you want to rank it on our scale? Rank it? Uh, I think for a casual movie audience, stream it. Really? Yeah. I, it's hard for me to recommend it. You seem it. hesitant, even though I keep asking you to say negative things and you're not saying them. Well, see, my negative <laughs> thing would be that if you're either not into that old Hollywood era thing, or you're not into like that's the Manson thing. That's entire movie, though. That's the hook. Right. Beyond Tarantino's name, of course. Right. That's the hook. That's the way it's been marketed is like, here's a movie about old Hollywood. Right. And I feel like if you're not into that, it's not going to be for you. It, like a lot of this, the, the nuanced stuff that he does in the film, which, by the way, it is still shot on film because he's right, a purist. Right, because he's crazy. Right. <laughs> because, oh, sorry, yes, because he's a purist. <laughs> yes. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, you definitely like see the aspect ratio shift all over the place between the thirty-five millimeter film, yeah, uh, the forty-eight millimeter film, and then back to wide. Yeah. Uh, but unless you're like not gonna appreciate that, <laughs> or appreciate the little nods and still stuff that's going on, uh, I no, I still say see it. No, I'm changing my my, my review. Okay. I'd say go see it because okay. the acting in this thing is phenomenal. I loved um, what's his name? Quentin Tarantino's direction. Yeah. Not in the film. Wait, is he in the film? Is Maybe. he in the film? I don't That's remember. A good That's a good Does question. Does he have a cameo? I don't remember if he has. He does a cameo have often have cameos yeah. in his own movies. Yeah. Maybe he does. I don't know. I didn't look at the credits real no. closely. Uh, but no, um, Brad Pitt's acting in this is amazing. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's acting in this thing is amazing. They're clearly the leads in this thing, 
and they show off their strengths throughout the film. Um, I'd see it just for them in their acting ability. It'd be uh, weird. It wouldn't be weird if they were both up for Golden Globe nominations for a leading least, actor. At least Golden Globes? Yeah, at least Golden Globes. Because I think by the time the Academy goes you know, to voting for it. I was just thinking about that. And you know what? Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the... This is... This is... Uh, in, in the Oscar running. Um... No, it, I, it I hits all like, the things of, of old yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, something it does. historical. It, and I feel like more people <laughs> and, are talking great actors. about this thing. More people are talking about this thing than the last handful of Tarantino movies since what? Glorious Bastards. Well, like Glorious Bastards was six or Oscar, seven. Yeah, I feel like the last. No, it was six because then it was Django, right. and then it was the Hateful Eight. I feel like Inglorious Bastards and uh, and Django were the last times people cared. You mean Quint Giratino and Brad Pitt yeah, in the movie? Exactly, and so like I feel like people care again. Yeah, and so I think that that alone, the amount of talk that this thing is getting, I think you'll see it. I think you'll see it in February. I think you'll definitely see some nods for this March. film. Remember the Oscars? Uh, we moved it up to February. Oh, that's right. February is correct. I'm right the first time. Yep, they moved it up. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but so yeah. yeah, we may have. Uh, so there you go. Uh, we may have already seen our first Oscar uh, Oscar uh, film nominated film this year. So there you go. Uh, ooh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Good I can see. Yeah, I mean, out of nine slots, I'm sure I could fill one of them. I could fill one of them. I'm trying to think of like other stuff besides acting. Ten slots. If they use all <laughs> ten. <laughs> They have all ten to use. You need to remind like, well, the academy that they have just, ten Just, just keep poking with, with a ten-inch pole. Remember yeah, them? Just hey, ten inches. Ten-inch ten, ten, ten pole. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't do that. No? Don't poke them with ten inches. <laughs> anyway. That's awkward. Anything else uh, you want to say about this uh, before we move on? Um, the third act, I was laughing nonstop at it. Okay. I think that's kind that's of on par. That's what you want. I kind of want for, for a Tarantino, film. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's very Hollywoodized. There's definitely some motifs running through it about second acts, about aging characters, about old Hollywood, about trying to find the new thing, about trying to evolve past what media wants you to be into what media needs you to be, uh, evolving as an actor, evolving as a director, evolving as a society out of the 60s into the 70s into the new era yeah. themes 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 oh there's a lot of themes in this film that's why I would yeah. like that's why it's hard for me to pull negative stuff out right. of it because yeah. it's such a, a good film up. there's a lot going on in this film that after you see it after you kind of think about it and kind of break it down there's a lot in this film that make it good like because upon my initial watch I was like there's a lot of good scenes in this film that I like individually as a scene but I don't know how it feels as a whole but the more I thought about it the more I was like okay as a whole, I kind of understand it now. Yeah. Maybe it needs a set requires a second watch to understand it as a whole, but I understood everything it was going for, all the motifs, all the themes it was trying to hit, and it definitely hit them. I definitely got what he was trying to sell here, besides, you know, a pretty good film. But, yeah. No. Yeah. Go see it. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's move on then into... Movie news. Oh, we have movie news. We have movie news. That's news about movies. All right. First up, we go over from uh, Hollywood. Uh, we go next door to Paramount Pictures. Oh, it's still Hollywood. Yes, basically. Uh, meanwhile, in Paramount Pictures, they have ended a creative relationship with Robert Evans. 
by no longer renewing his production contract. Uh, that deal has been consistently renewed for over 45 years. Oh, wow. But That's recently a long expired, time. and his company will be dissolved into Paramount. Uh, in case you're wondering who this dude is. Who is Mr. Evans? Robert Evans shepherded some of the most memorable titles to come from Paramount or any studio, including Roman Polanski's Rosemary, Rosemary Baby. Uh, which um, was featured, <laughs> or at least mentioned consistently in yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I bet. Francis Ford Coppola is the godfather in uh, Arthur Hiller's love story. The 89-year-old has not made a film since the 2003 rom-com How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Going on, uh, uh, going off on Austria. That's a classic there, actually. <laughs> yeah, which, which was distributed by Paramount. So uh, this is classic slow week news. Yeah. Where it's like, this is interesting. Like, it's just like an interesting thing. Well, it's interesting that since 2003, he's been consistently on, or his studio has been consistently on Paramount's yeah. payroll. And just, oh, you haven't made a film in 15 years. Are you planning on making a film? Or are you just going to, like, basically... I'm soon to retire. Be there as a vanity kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like oh, because we've always done this. Right. Uh, I've always worked here kind of thing. Well, it is, because uh, one of the theaters on Paramount Slot is actually named after him. Huh. Okay. So it's not like he... Came out of nowhere. It's not like yeah. he's going anywhere, or his legacy is going anywhere. No. All, all, his, all the films he produced are going into the Paramount catalog. Right. He has the name on one of the theaters. He's clearly an established legacy. It's just... Why pay for something that's not going to be receiving dividends anymore? Yeah. Financial decisions, but then again, at 89 years old. Yeah, he's old. Yeah. He's old. A little bit old. A little bit on the older side. Yeah. A little bit of a seasoned vet. Speaking of seasoned veterans, Regal. Regal Theaters, uh, which has been a seasoned uh, big company in the. Uh, theater business. One of the top three chains in the United States. Yeah. They might, you might know of one uh, near you. Uh, but they have made news this week by announcing their own movie pass-esque plan. Uh, so we knew this was happening, especially yeah. since AMC announced their plan. It was only a matter of time for Regal to announce their own plan. So what are they doing? Well, they have a three-tier uh, tiramisu plan here, yeah, oh. yeah three tier tiramisu. Okay, uh, uh, starting at the low, low price. I'm laughing, eighteen dollars a month. <laughs> uh, you can choose from two hundred select theaters nationwide. You can find your local theater on their website. If you're not so lucky, you can go to a, up a tier to access an additional an additional two hundred theaters for twenty one dollars a month. So the eighteen dollars a month is only available for a certain. Select, uh, select 200 theaters. Uh, theaters, you have to go to the $21 a month plan if you want probably your local theater, depending on what market you're in. Or, um, if you can't find it either of those... Yeah, you'll have to sign up for the Regal Unlimited All Access tier for $23.50 a month. To be fair, <laughs> that sounds a lot. But, but, yeah. but by comparison, AMC's A-list stubs... more. Is twenty three ninety five a month for all AMC theaters? Yeah, you have to take that forty five cents. <laughs> take it to the bank. But if you have uh, both, yeah. I mean that's technically fifty bucks. But that's also, why would you have both unless you very unchoosy yeah, of a place what theaters. what theater you want? The benefits of signing up uh, include ten percent off concessions, free large popcorn and soda on your birthday, and earn and you earn credits for Regal Clown. 
<laughs> Regal Crown Club. I think you were right, though. Not to be confused with Regal Clown Club, which is a completely different institution. Right, that, that's, that's the Academy. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> the plans include no blackout dates on all showings. That's nice. Yeah. And uh, up to three advanced screenings and multiple viewings of a film. So that's kind of nice, is that they're they're kind of doing the things that MoviePass didn't do, or yep. at least later didn't do. Right. Well, because with MoviePass, uh, it was, you have to get it the day of. You had to be within 100 feet of the theater And you couldn't to see do the it. movie more than once. Right. You couldn't see the movie more than once. Yeah. With this one, similar to AMC's, is... You can get up to, you can reserve up to three yeah. passes, but those three passes are just for regular theaters. If there's, say, a special screening coming up uh-huh. of, like, a fathom event or something that you want to attend, or a preview screening, and you want to go to that, that film will not count towards your three okay. that you've already reserved. This, I'm thinking about this now, because I'm like, I do... Work right next to a movie theater. I looked that up. You have to pay for the twenty three fifty. No, I really? looked it up. But it's like one of the most, or is that why? That's why because it's one of the most money making. Because ones it's one of the most making ones. Because it has an IMAX theater. Because it has select, uh, select seating. That's the worst. Yeah, which is funny because the one next to my parents' house is the second tier. Is the second tier okay? Man, so even they would to, still have to get this. Where do you have to go to get the eighteen dollar one? Yeah. Also with this one, um, it's through the app, so there is no card they mail out. You know, right. There's nothing you have to nice. sign up yeah. for. That's smart. Yeah, but in order to like sir, uh, get around the idea of people sharing the same account information across multiple phones, yeah, they make you take a picture when you sign up. Uh-huh. So only you can access it. <laughs> and when you go to scan your tickets, they'll have the picture, picture pop up. Pop up. And if it's not you, you'll get profile. You'll you may get denied depending on the usher. <laughs> Most likely you will, but you can also get banned from the app if yeah. you know you get reported. What if you get Usher? Usher as your picture? Can he lets you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> weird, weird side note. This is music. Uh, but I, I heard on NPR the other morning that apparently Usher is being accused by, like, several of his, like, ex-girlfriends that they uh, that he gave them herpes. I'm only mentioning this because the way that NPR <laughs> delivered the story was hilarious. When they introduced it, they said that... <laughs> what was the first joke? The second... <laughs> they made two Usher jokes. About this, which I was like, this is... Was, was, oh, the first one that he made love the, in the club? No, the uh, first joke was, like, Usher has something to add to his confessions. <laughs> and then when they tossed it to the reporter for the story, the reporter opened by saying, Usher's got it bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love this so much. Oh, well, at least they're having fun with it. <laughs> at least they're having fun with it. Sorry, that's a tangent. Anyway... Hey, that's what we come here for. Tangents. That's why I am here. Why, why not? Uh, anyway, so that's it uh, for movie news then. That was, uh, yeah. That's so, yeah, done. if you want to sign up for yeah. Regal Unlimited Movie Pass, you can sign up directly through their app. Yeah. Uh, there, if you don't, you can still use your Crown Regal rewards. Your Clown on, Club. On the same, yeah, your Clown Club. Regal Clown Clubs. On the, via the same portal. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, I have to do note this. They recently changed those policy of the Regal Clown Club. 
<laughs> the real crowd club. Yes. You have to be wearing your red nose at all times. No. You take it off. It's that your points expire. Uh, yes, you found this out the hard way. I found this out the hard way because yes, apparently I used to have like 106,000 points, <laughs> which got deducted to 26,000. I was like, what? I started, I started scrolling like, wait, did like I accidentally purchase something and not spend it on something? No, they just go oh, No, they just vanish after six months. They just go away. Unused points just go away. They no longer have to accumulate, yeah. which sucks. I had like five free movie tickets on there. Well... All I can say is, how dare they put something in the terms of service that you didn't read? Well, no, because they added this afterwards exactly. when you automatically update. Yeah, they, they have to tell you, though, if that changes. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I no longer... <laughs> how I, dare I don't longer go to a Regal Theater on a consistent basis anymore. Exactly. It doesn't really matter. So it, it doesn't affect me, but all those points, yeah. all those free tickets. Points. They don't matter. I'm so disappointed. Uh, okay, moving on on that. That note, sure. <laughs> That's it for movie news, and that moves us into television. The wonderful world of television. And we start with sports. We start the wonderful world with the wonderful world of sports. All right, it's sports time uh, today. 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 The July thirty first. Actually, as of like four hours ago, the MLB deadline ended. Yeah, uh, trade deadline. Uh, trade so deadline. Yeah, if you were making trades and you were the owner of a. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball franchise. Well, you had to do it by today. So. Oh, there was. There was a three-team trade yesterday. I heard, yes. It was excellent. It seems like uh, some pretty crazy stuff. Some trades did happen. Some trades didn't happen, from yes. what I understand. Yep. Um, uh, but the team you have, the team you stuck with, at least yeah. for the rest of the season. There you go. You're stuck. Deal with it. Make it to the series on your team right now. Elsewhere in sports, football. It's kind of back. The Hall of Fame game will be Thursday, that's tomorrow, uh, with the uh, Broncos versus Falcons. Yes, the game will be broadcast on NBC in primetime. Well, 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock? 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock primetime? Pacific. Yes. Which is 8 o'clock Eastern. Correct. Uh, but they play in Canada, Ohio, so it would technically be 6 o'clock game time. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who lives there? I don't know. Or 7 o'clock game something, time. Something, something, flyover states. <laughs> no, I, I kid. We, we love the Midwest. Yes. Don't, don't also, write angry letters to us. We also, do, we don't get any letters here, so please. Uh, send us a letter to mediabookpodcast at gmail.com. Now you wanted that plug. Yeah, just yeah. a little plug. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, but no, as of today, or yeah, as of starting tomorrow, we will have 27 straight weeks of football, or something related to football, something like that. of NFL. And football season is now upon us. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Uh, yeah. Make it rain money like Michael Thomas. Has he got paid today? I saw this breaking news this morning. Not in the news, though. Uh, but uh, Michael Thomas, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints, is now the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Wow. At five years, $100 million. That's a big money. Yes. However, other notable um, holdouts... That are currently not playing, or at least not practicing, uh, because they need a new deal, include one of the top running backs in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott, hmm. who is currently in Mexico. <laughs> okay. He's training in Cabo San Lucas, sure, not? and not with the um, uh, the Cowboys. Of course, we, this is not directly related uh, to uh, what you're talking about here, but we would be remiss at the Media Book Podcast not to talk about one of our favorite football players, 
Has he had a milestone himself this week? Uh, I believe we talked about it last week, did we? Uh, no, we did not. Oh. We talked about it off the podcast. Oh, I meant to bring it up when we didn't talk we, about it. We uh, should have brought this up last week. But yes, um, um, our very own Mark Sanchez. Mr. Buffumble himself. Orange County's finest. Uh, um, I believe he retired. was a candidate for Gatorade Player of the Year. Something like that. Uh, former USC quarterback. Former Michigan Viejo Diablo, uh, who took us to CIF two years in a row. I saw it. It happened. You said hi to him in passing. I said hi to him in passing. Uh, one of my friends was friends with him, so I was a degree away from Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Just one degree. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, one of our favorites here at the media. Yes. We named a, uh, uh, a feature uh, for uh, Madden 17? Yeah. Madden 17. We named a feature after him, uh, the Sanchez. Yes, the Sanchez. We went to the franchise boats. So yeah, he's, uh, he's beloved here. May he have a Sanchez mode again. We may have a franchise mode again. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like it's about video games. But he's not in video games anymore because he's not in football anymore. Ah, which maybe. is the point of this story. Yes. He, uh, he is retiring from the game. Yes, but because he did make it 10 years in the NFL and won a Super Bowl, uh, asterisk there, he was the backup. Uh, technically, <laughs> he beat Tom his, He beat Tom Brady in the Te- Super Bowl. Not personally, but yes. Technically... He won his Super Bowl ring against right. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Technically speaking, yes. Technically speaking, Technically. he is better than Tom Brady. <laughs> in that aspect, for that year. <laughs> for that moment. For that year. That for a moment. <laughs> he was able to <laughs> run up into Tom Brady's face and say, Yeah, winner, loser. I don't think he did that. <laughs> I need that photo somewhere. <laughs> uh, but, but the silver lining to all this, though, is that there was uh, some um, evidence of him uh, in recording booths uh, practicing uh, broadcasting. <laughs> so fingers crossed, people. Yes. I am ready for some Mark Sanchez uh, color commentary. I'm uh, ready. This would be great. Give it to me. Uh, he'll probably appear on NFL Network as yeah, a color commentator. NFL Network, I bet. Yeah, he won't end up on any of the major <laughs> Well, Derek Carr's on NFL Network in his commentary. <laughs> For the Raiders this past yeah, weekend. That's good. It's for spring training camp. Or for, um, what is it? It's uh, it's mini camp. It's technically the season. Preseason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Derek Carr was at the Raiders training camp. And they interviewed him with his brother. Nice. David Carr. Nice. Or Derek Carr. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's great. That's good. All right. We uh, need to stop talking about sports. But yeah, oh, but the reason we brought this up is because... Yes. Be, the reason is because... Mark Sanchez hit 10 years playing in the NFL. Right. He automatically gets the NFL pension. Yes. That's how you get it. You have to play 10 years in the NFL. And you do it. And as soon as you hit 10 years, you can retire and get the NFL pension. I don't know. People like to make fun of him, but I think he figured it out. He figured out a way of like, yeah, he tried. He did his best. He wasn't good enough. He got benched. And he still made millions of dollars. To be fair, he made it 10 years yeah. in the NFL. He made it to the playoffs his first season professionally. Like, yeah. do, let's not, let's not, like, as much as we, yeah. with the butt fumble. Yeah, of course that was funny. And, of course, yes, there was some evidence of maybe him not living up to expectations. But still, though, on paper, the guy played some mean games of football. And, like, he made his money, he did his time. Well, he played 10 years in the NFL. Yeah. Which is, like, more than what you could say for, like, half the players <laughs> who enter the NFL. Right. So, yeah, I don't know how the history books will treat him and they, at the end of the day, but... Uh, of course, he won't be Hall of Fame, one of the Hall of Fame greats. No, no, no he's not going to Canton, Ohio. The closest he'll get there is probably a, as a commentator or no, saying no, no. 
some nice stuff to some other person. <laughs> He'll be there in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. Needless to say, needless not all same players. No, but, but ten years in the NFL is so, so impressive. This is our media boat podcast. Salute to Mark Sanchez's career. Wait, is it is it salute or is it salute? It's sa- <laughs> salute. <laughs> Can't really do a butt fumble on camera. I know. Anyway, let's. Anything else before we move on out of sports here? Um, I guess we should move out of sports. A couple more people are still holding out of training camp, but like I said, Ezekiel Elliott is the big one because he will probably go number one in most people's fantasy drafts. Meaning, he may be this year's Le'Veon Bell. Oh no! So if you're gonna draft early, be careful, be careful about that. <laughs> be careful. Or draft him and then trade high for Ezekiel. When everyone says he's going to come back, and then obviously doesn't. Buy low, trade high. That's what they tell. That's what they tell you to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for sports, which means we move on to television news proper. All right. Some proper television news. And we start off with the world of anime. uh, And proper, uh, we should say, as uh, uh, means this time, uh, catch up. Because we have to catch up on a big story in television animation uh, that we missed a couple weeks back. Uh, last Wednesday, specifically, oh, so a week back. Uh, a week last back. Wednesday, the uh, uh, Kyoto Animation Studio in Japan caught fire in an arson attempt that sent the studio into a panic. The fire burned down the three-story studio, leaving little in its wake, resulting in 35 deaths. One week later, the damage was assessed, and fortunately, as of this week, the studio was able to collect data from a server on the ground floor. They were not damaged by being in a room covered with concrete on all sides and were not affected by water from the firefighting efforts. So keep your server rooms in concrete uh, rooms, please. Or on the base floor, away from potential fires. The servers contained all backups and digitized original images, thank God. On a more positive note, the studio has received $5.7 million in donations and will use the money to repair the studio and help victims' families. Uh, so this is, uh, yeah, uh, obviously... This is a, a terrible arson attempt. A terrible attempt. attempt and, uh, uh, yeah, I was reading up on on the article yeah. about who the arsonist was. Apparently, according to the police, he's not in apprehension yet, but they have a suspect in, in mind um, who submitted some artwork yeah. to the company, and the company didn't take their artwork really right. lightly. Uh, but, you know... It's art. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, decided to... A disgruntled fan. Take rage against the studio. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Kyoto Studio is, that's fine. They do you, don't... Do you, do you know what the... I don't actually know what uh, shows they're credited with. Uh, what does the studio do? Any notable um, anime um, that you can name? Notable them? animes that they owe the IP of? Uh-huh. No. No? However, before okay. they started running their own IPs, they were known as the second studio for a lot of the major animation studios, including okay. Gundam Seed, okay. a lot of the Gundam um, okay. animation studios, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, and the original Dragon Ball as well, and Sailor Moon. They were the studio that, when they wanted to outsource work, they sent it to Got Kyoto it. Studios Got it. to do. So they don't necessarily run their own shows. Well, they do now. They do now. I don't know off the top of my head of okay. the stuff they do now. But before they got that big, they were always the backup, which is why they have all the support thrown out towards them. Oh, got it. All right. Uh, well, yeah. So um, obviously, our hearts go out to everybody in the animation world that was affected by uh, this attempt. And uh, 
We hope that those donations uh, help you out and uh, that the future of the studio is uh, looks uh, to be on the way back up as uh, they're able to recover a lot of that work. And, yeah, uh, the fact that they're able to uh, cover masters in a fire yeah, is, great. Uh, is a great thing. Especially since we know how Universal decided yeah. not to recover their exactly. masters out happens. of a fire. For sure. All right, let's move out of Japan and move back here into the States where a couple of creators are looking for a new home. Uh, well, they've been kicked out of... Well, not kicked, kicked out of... They're, 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 let's say their lease is up yeah. over at HBO. <laughs> uh, Weiss and Benioff, of course, your uh, creators behind Game of Thrones, the HBO show that ended earlier this year, are seeking a new deal with a major studio that will um, uh, earn them up to $300 million. Yeah, they're looking for a nice pretty penny for... Yeah. Basically say, hey, we did all this work for Game of Thrones. It yeah. currently has, like, the most Emmy noms yeah, do you want, for a season. Yeah, you want us? Like, you gotta pay up. Pay the premium. So the duo is looking to focus on building up their own production company, and any deal with them would likely have to include overhead costs to set up their own production company. So that's why that number is so high. Because they don't only want a deal, they want a studio. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the current frontrunners... This is, should be no surprise to you. Our Amazon, Netflix, and Disney. You mean the people who actually have money? The people who have money. Who actually have uh, $300 million to spend so on a Really, we're talking about Amazon and Disney here. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Technically, uh-huh. Amazon is the front runner yeah. until, like, this past week where Netflix and Disney both got involved. Interesting. So they all have cash available to meet their high demand. Their asking price is based off of Westworld creators Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan. Uh, and what they signed with Amazon in April for $30 million for a five-year contract on top of their deal with Warner Brothers for three more seasons with Westworld. Right. The So that's basically... Combined. Those two deals combined. Uh, those two deals combined equal about $200 million. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 30 over 5 is 150, plus the 50 for the three seasons is $200 million. So these guys... They say they're better that. than that. Yeah, these guys are looking at that and be like, huh. Westworld, we're Game of Thrones. Right, like, they only have one season of Westworld, technically two now, but yeah. we have six seasons of Game of Thrones and all these Emmys. Yeah, look all, at all our Emmys. Look at my mantle. Read I read. have three for all the Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, well, uh, uh, woke up in the middle of the night, came home with all these Emmys, woke up. Call me Ace, because I have all this hardware. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even when they do make a deal, they are already committed uh, to writing a Star Wars trilogy for Disney, which the first film has been tentatively set for December 16th, 2022. It is unclear uh, if this is their own project or in conjunction with Ryan Johnson's reported trilogy for Star Wars. Also put a huge asterisk here. Yes. As we don't know. We don't know if they will even hold that date. As Kathleen Kennedy has said, Star Wars will def- definitely take a hiatus after... Um, episode, nine. episode 9 comes out yeah. later this year. Right. Which, it'd be four years? So, yeah, maybe? Uh, three years. Three years? 2022? 2022? Yeah, it'd be three-year hiatus. Um, it's not long enough, I don't think. I don't think it's long enough. Plus, unsure if that will turn itself into its own TV show for Disney+, Plus, or if they want to keep it as a movie and show for Disney Plus or put it in theaters. Yeah, no. We don't know. A lot of that is up in the air currently. Contracts of that details are mum, hushed, yeah. sealed under wraps. 
Yep, under wraps. Disney original channel, a Disney Channel original movie under wraps. Thank you for that reference. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, we don't know what's happening, but uh, as soon as we know, we will let you guys uh, know as well. Yeah, but um, they're looking for a pretty penny payday. So we'll see. Uh, All right. Yeah, they. Yeah. So the reason they want to do this is because they want their own creativity. They want their own control. Right. They just want the studio to finance it and put it out. Yeah. But they, as soon as they get the deal, they still want to maintain full control, series creative control on whatever it is they, they do. Right. Which could be good or bad, depending on what you want yeah, to say no, about that. Yeah, it depends that. on what era of like, Game of Thrones you liked. Yep. Anyway. Let's move on out of uh, television news then, because that is it. Okay. And into some thoughts. We have so, thoughts. Did you oh, watch yeah. some television this week? Uh, I did. I watched part one and part two uh-huh. of the season finale of The Bachelorette. Ah, uh-huh. and this is uh, why are we talking about The Bachelorette on the Media Bowl podcast? Because it's TV. Also, it's summer, and not a whole lot's going on Nothing right now. Nothing else is on. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, yeah, so I didn't mean to watch The Bachelorette. It's not like I watched it the whole season. No. But what I did watch this series, or these last two episodes, oh my gosh. <laughs> there is so much drama in this thing. That's the point. I see why people like are obsessed with this. Why there is The Bachelor Nation. Bachelorette Nation? Bachelor Nation. They call it Bachelor Nation. All of the above. Yeah. Uh, but just in the two episodes, there was so much drama going on. I was like, am I supposed to have this much drama in my life? No. No? No. No? Ideally, no. Ideally, no. You think no. But (laughs) for some reason... (laughs) You cross your fingers. All this drama was happening on on these two episodes. I was like, just make a decision. It's not like it's going to be earth-shattering or whatever. Well, I mean, it is because ultimately the decision she does have to stick with for a while. Well, see, that's the thing I don't really get, because I guess when you go on The Bachelor, it's like you're at the point in your life where you're ready to get married, right? In theory. Yes, in theory? Yeah, if you're agreeing to do it, the assumption is it does end with marriage. Okay, because the guy she ended up picking was nowhere near that kind of level of commitment at the time. Yet, he still got down on one knee and proposed. She did it anyways, because you have to, because it's for TV. Look at also when you have Neil Lane saying, Hi, I'm Neil Lane. Here are my diamonds. Pick one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's hard, yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, yeah, it's hard not to be sucked into it, but then you kind of realize that this is one, a dating show that, two, is shot over the course of two months that you're expected to fall in love with over someone over two months, period. But. Season-wise, they stretch it over three, four months, you know, to get those extra ratings or whatever. So it feels like, as you're watching it, you're on this grander journey, but proposing to someone after only two months? Is that really <laughs> how it goes? I mean... I mean, granted, I don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I just happen to be watching it. I think So that, I don't really have a context, but is that really how this show is supposed to go? That's really how the show is supposed to go. It always has. The idea is it's supposed to be a fast track, and like everybody knows contractually that that's the deal. Right. It's no, just no, no. for television. No, that, I, no, yes, I get that, that that's what you're supposed to go in for, but the guy who she ended up picking yeah. apparently caused all this drama <laughs> around it that got me sucked into it. Because he went on as a musician, intending to go on for his music career. <laughs> Sorry. Specifically. 
This is hilarious because it's like you're watching a reality show for the first time. And you it is. Revelations about it. I am watching this thing for the first time. It's like he went for his music career. Like literally, as I was watching the first the part one, I was like, "Wait, he's a musician. He's just here for his music career. He's not here for love. He's just here for his music career." <laughs> and even when he was talking to the dad, and he was like, "Well, I don't have a stable like job or anything because I'm a musician, so I can't really offer her to her anything stable." But you know, she's smart and loving and kind, and she's like her own person, so she doesn't really need me to be stable. So I was like, "Okay." But you're a musician, so clearly you're here, as you just said it out of your mouth, for the music. You are here to launch your career. Which came out in this part two where he's like, yeah, I initially came out here to launch my career. To get my name out there. To get people to notice me. Hmm. And I was like, clearly. But yet she still picked you, so you still have to technically get on one knee, say you love her, fall in love. Even though, literally as it came out during the show... The day before he was appeared on the show, he was with another girl who he said he loved her and slept with, and then got on a plane to go to the Bachelor show. Yes, again, the producers encourage this kind of thing. Yes. They want this to be on their show. Why do they think they picked him? Well, All well, of these reasons. No, no. It's, why did he not, like... Say any of the, I because don't know. it's all timed for the optimum drama. That's all of this is producers trying to figure out like how can we take elements from these people's lives, blow them up on the big screen, and like put them in our show. I know, but it's so fake. It's so oh, much yeah. drama oh, that like are they expecting people to like have this kind of like same revelation experience in real life, or is it all? Specifically, manufactured drama. It's manufactured drama. Because it feels like manufactured drama. That's what it is. Okay, so I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Okay. You're just having a normal reaction to a reality television. No, it's just you basically, as the viewer, have to tell yourself you're on this ride or not. You have to suspend your disbelief and be like, all right, I'm going to let this reality show be ridiculous and take me away. Because otherwise, you think about it too much and you can't watch it. That's why there are people who can enjoy these shows, and there are people who can't. Okay, but see, my extent of reality watching TV shows is currently Vanderpump Rules yeah. and Say Yes to the Dress. Yeah. Very different very different kinds of things. Well, yeah, because I can watch all three, those. All three very different. Well, yeah, because I can watch those two and be like, wow, that person is super ridiculous. Who yeah. goes to 80 stores and not find the dress? <laughs> wow, that mom is being super ridiculous. Just... Start crying and say you love the dress. Right. She clearly loves the dress. Just say yes to the dress, mom. <laughs> or, wow, you're being super picky about this. Clearly there's no dress for you. Oh, wait, here it is. Because it's the end of the episode. Or, no, sorry, we can't find your dress. Come back later. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah, all of these shows are varying levels of manipulation. Right. I feel like something like you say yes to the dress, they don't have to do as much. No. Because these people are already in very emotional, vulnerable spots in their lives because they're getting married. Most people are. It's a very stressful experience. <laughs> or it's like, like we're coming in to look for a dress, just say you only have two months to find a dress. So maybe we up the ante, even though you really have right. a year or two months or whatever. But yeah, it's manufactured drama. But yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you're finally in the year 2019. <laughs> well, 19 years after the uh, reality television explosion has happened. Well, no, I've watched... Uh, that you're realizing a little things. It's all manufactured drama? Yeah. No, I knew it was all manufactured drama. I just didn't realize that it was so manufactured and so manipulative that it got yeah. to this point. Oh, yeah, no. It's ridiculous. Okay. Those shows are ridiculous. 
But yeah, no, like, after a commercial <laughs> break, I have to, like, ask my doctor, is this, like, do you want more drama like this in your life? Is this why you watch it? No, why people watch it is because it distracts them from their own drama in their real life. But Nobody's drama is that bad. That's the point. But what if you have no drama? That's the point. It's escapism. Oh. People are like, man... This is crazy. I'm glad this is not me. Even though it cut, most of the time it is? No, it's not. Like, oh, that's no. the whole point. That's the whole point. It's like, I'm going to watch something about somebody else's ridiculous life that, that they're dealing with problems I will never have to think about. Is that why, like, all these, like, family shows of, like, seven kids, ten kids, yes. 16 kids? Yes. It's not aspirational. None of this is aspirational. Nobody is sitting there being like, yeah, I want to be eight, uh, Kate plus eight. No. Except teen moms. No one wants to do that. No, Except teen moms. No one even wants to be a teen mom. That's not an aspirational show either. All of it is, man, it's crazy that these people have ended up in these situations. I'm going to watch to see what happens because it's like, you know the phrase, the, the, it's like a train wreck that you can't look away from? You know, like, it's that. But this is that. I'm used to looking away. <laughs> and that's what I was saying earlier. There are people who want that from their entertainment. And there are people who don't. But if it's all manufactured, just write a scripted series. That's the thing, though, is people can see through the artifice, and they want they want it to have the illusion of reality because it's more interesting. Oh, manufactured drama sucks. Yeah, it's it's not for everybody. But no, it's, it's not for me. But You're watching last, those two episodes, I wanted to turn it off. But yeah, because it's not for you. It's like, but if as the last. 19 years of television to prove and, and entire networks like TLC and History Show. Oh, no, there are four people out there. There is a market for There this. is a huge market out there yeah, for this. The fact that it. It people still, one, go on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, yeah. Bachelor in Paradise, yeah. Bachelor Hotel, whatever they spin off they do. <laughs> Bachelor Hotel. <laughs> oh, no, there's still people who will go on these shows, yeah. think they'll still find love, and think yeah. they'll still, but. People will often. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Alright, we need to stop talking Oh yeah, this. no, we have a lot of uh, <laughs> shows get cancelled Yes, because for... we have to go into cancellations and renewal Oh, wait, before we do that, real quick, last okay. thought, real thought. Real uh, thought I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode But we are talking about gems Did you have to see the new trailer for Steven Universe, the movie? I did, yes What'd you think? Cool, yeah did, did, Are you work. okay with the time jump? Yeah, it's interesting I mean, they said that there was going to be some time jump stuff happening so. Yeah and so to do with the movie is smart. It's not too much of a time jump. It seems like not a whole lot has happened. Also, we know, well, I don't want to get into spoilers, but uh, there are limits to how uh, certain characters can uh, uh, deal with the time jump in this show. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. There okay. are limits in the, in the universe. <laughs> in, the, uh, in, the, in the Steven uh, Universe. So yeah, the, the trailer looked kind of cool. I like what I like the stuff with the new villain. Uh, all of the the, the cameos and musical and the uh, people involved in the music. Like it's crazy all the names they got. Oh yeah. Like it seems really awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yes, uh, that will premiere uh, on Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, September second. Coming up. Yep. Uh, is it in one movie or are they put out in chunks? It is going to be one uh, movie. It's not being uh, separated into episodes. It, okay. But it is a television film. Right. So, yeah. Uh, that's on Cartoon Network. Okay. And that's September 2nd. So, Steven Universe, the movie. Also, uh, while we're talking about Cartoon Network stuff real quick, 
some uh, new uh, OKKO OK episodes dropped, I think, three or four. Okay. I'm, I'm only mentioning this because they did a uh, show literally called The Big Reveal, <laughs> in which there is a big reveal. So if you're a big <laughs> fan of that show, uh, absolutely jump on to the Cartoon Network app or Hulu, however you enjoy new episodes of OKKO OK or on Cartoon Network itself. And uh, check that out because uh, fans of the show will appreciate the big lore dump it does. And yeah, there's a, revel- a couple of revelations in that episode that are uh, major changes for the show's story. So if I'm going to watch one episode this season, it better be the big reveal. No, because oh. <laughs> uh, you would have if you hadn't watched any of the other ones, you would have no idea what was happening. Okay. So, no, this I, I'm specifically saying for people who have already been following the show, which you should be because it's great. Um, this is a big episode and a big deal. Okay. All right. Let's well, that's on. a big reveal. Big deal. Move on to cancellations, renewals. Okay. So, what am I no longer watching? Uh, well, let's find out. You uh, may still be watching Younger on TV Land as it's getting renewed for a seventh season. <laughs> the thing is that uh, it has Hillary Duff and um. um Wait, Hillary Duff's been on a TV show for seven seasons. For seven seasons. What? And Sutton Foster, uh, Broadway's own. What? Uh, uh, both of those, uh, uh, yes, they've been wow. uh, sitting on Younger for a while. Uh, my sister watches this show. She Seven very good. seasons? Yeah, on TV Land. Yeah. One of TV Land's uh, original series back when that was a big deal. Right. Yeah. When Hot in Cleveland was there, still there. Right. And now no longer there. No longer a show. Animal Kingdom on TNT will be renewed for a fifth season. Designated Survivor has been cancelled again. And I say again because it, got, it was already cancelled off of ABC, now it's cancelled off of Netflix yeah. where it lived for its third season. For its solo third yeah. season. So that's it. Three seasons is it for Designated Survivor. We talked about Two Converted last week, so I'm going past that one. Yep, cancelled. as Spookies on HBO will get a second season. Will and Grace uh, will have an 11th season. That's the, a part of its reboot. Um, and that will be it. That'll be it. That'll it's an upcoming last. 11. Yeah, it's upcoming 11 season. will be his last. Yeah, that for will, now. <laughs> right, that will be in next year, 2020, when it'll be premiere, fall 2020. Uh, Hulu has renewed The Handmaid's Tale for a fourth season. Netflix, in a weird move, especially uh, following the uh, the uh, 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 Tuca and Bernie cancellation, has renewed Big Mouth, not for one, not for even two, but for three more seasons. Uh, so basically it's four, five, and six? Yes, it will go, go at least to six seasons. What are they doing over there? And what the hell is happening? Uh, I... You know what it is? Animation unions. Maybe. Maybe. I maybe. I really hope that that's not the reason Oh, why. no, I hope it's not, but that sucks, that's the one but, thing that comes straight to my mind. But yeah, so if you... I mean, we do like Wick Bouth, but... I didn't like as much as two converting. This mean that they're going to have to go through high school then, right? Maybe because they're basically graduated. They basically graduated middle school. All right. Well, high school it is. All right. High school. High school puberty happens. Continues to happen. In fact. Yes. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's Twenty Four Hours to Hell and Back will get a third season on Fox. Yay! Now Apocalypse on Stars has been canceled after one season. Uh, That's more confused with Apocalypse Now. No, those are two different things. The Girlfriend Experience, also on Stars, will get a third season. Carnival Row on Amazon will get a second season. The Expanse on Amazon will get a fifth season. That, of course, following its sci-fi run. Right. Um, Patriot, canceled after two seasons on Amazon. 
Lore. Cancelled after two seasons on Amazon. Forever. Ironically, cancelled after one <laughs> season on Amazon. There will be no more forever. Forever is over. Forever. Forever is ended. Forever has lasted 52 days. When will there be another season in forever? Never. Never. The Romanoffs. Cancelled after one season of Amazon. Noticing a trend here. Too old to die young. Cancelled after one season on Amazon. Wow, just brutal cuts. <laughs> you, you know why they're making all these cuts? Why? Well, besides having to pay for the billion dollar production of um, <laughs> The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. They also got to make some money for the $300 million potential deal <laughs> yeah, for the Game of Thrones people. <laughs> and then lastly, cancellations and renewals. Trinkets will have its last season and the second season will be its last on Netflix. Yep. That's it. Oh, Amazon took the axe to a lot of its shows. Really? It's just like the, the rainforest on which it's based. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> anyway, dark! Dark. <laughs> All right. Speaking well, of the rainforest, we have to talk about one death. Uh, our de- one death this week this is a real sad one for the voice acting community. Rusie Taylor, age seventy-five, voice actor, uh, most famous for being the voice of Minnie Mouse for Disney since nineteen eighty-six. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, uh, over thirty years, the voice of Minnie Mouse. And this goes across like the the shorts that they've done. This goes for um, any park. Uh, voice recordings. This goes for currently airing Nick, uh, uh, not Nick, uh, Disney, Disney Junior, Junior shows like pretty video much game been the releases. Of yeah, but of course, uh, people who aren't as familiar with Disney canon might know her for her voices she did on The Simpsons, including the characters of Martin Prince and uh, a couple others. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, definitely a loss. Uh, she had some really important voices in the voice acting community. In animation and beyond. So yeah, she'll be missed for sure. That They'll is. They'll have to recast a, Minnie, I guess. They'll have uh, to see Minnie. Is this the so? I know there's either the rumor or the thing where Mickey Mouse buried Minnie Mouse. Is this that Mickey and Minnie Mouse? Uh, or is that the first no, Mickey and Minnie Mouse? Fir- that was earlier. That, that was, was the first one. Minnie. Okay. That's not this Minnie. That's not this Minnie. No. Okay. All right. Uh, well, that means we get to move on out of television and into music. And I pass this over to you. All right. Because we have a big week in music for a couple of reasons. Well, we start music with the Billboard, and we start Billboard yes. with the Hot 100, and we start the Hot 100. Yes. With a milestone. A new, milestone, a new crowning champion. Yep. All hail the king. He's got the horses in the back, and also the uh, Gucci uh, on his mat. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et <laughs> uh, Gucci cowboy hat, Wrangler on his booty. <laughs> All of this is true. Gucci somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Seventeen weeks at number one makes yes. it the new all-time record for a single. So a couple of notes here. All right. So this is only counting the Billboard Hot 100 era, technically. Billboard was recording top singles before the Hot 100 era. However, because of the changing metrics, this is the era that started in, I think, 1956? Okay. Mid-50s is basically what we're counting from. So, yeah, the, the modern chart is what we're talking about here, but that's pretty much most of the pop era of music. So, yeah. 
really, this is still that important. So yes, as we mentioned last week, this took the crown away from a two-way tie that was between Mariah Carey and Boys to Men for one sweet day and uh, Despacito, Despacito from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Daddy Yankee, Luis Fonzi, etc. Justin Bieber. Uh, so yeah, this, Justin Bieber was later added, but, but yes. Uh, but yeah, so this is technically credited just to Lil Nas X, but it does, by proxy, include Billy Ray Cyrus, which is interesting. Yes. Because it makes him also a, a record holder. He now is the only person, this is another weird fact, he is the only uh, person on the Billboard charts to have both charted for 17 straight weeks for a number one single and also for a number one album way back in the 90s when he had the biggest hit ever with Achy Breaky Heart. Uh, that charted after the album? That was off of an album that apparently was number one for more than 16 or 17 weeks. Wow. So yeah, he is now the only person to have both of those things. Oh, uh, oh. So, I, uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, if you want to hear Old Town Road be played live, <laughs> CMA Fest is on this Sunday at 7 o'clock on ABC. So yeah, the biggest uh, song uh, 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 in our, our lifetime. So yeah. Uh, in our current lifetime? I mean, it'll take a lot to uh, beat this, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, or, and this is just for number one, it's not including just top five in right. general. And this is for straight weeks. Right. If, for example, something knocks him off but he comes back... It starts them over. But not, well, no, and that's not my point. Uh, I was yeah. saying that he, then he can, like, beat records for having the most weeks at number one, period. Not just straight weeks. Right. So we'll see. Because that's a different record. That's a different record, I think. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But there's the rest of this chart too. Yeah. Uh, number two, still sitting at number two. Yeah. Isn't that a record for most times at number two? Because uh, Billie Eilish would have won it by now. I mean, maybe she's like maybe in the running for that. I think she's maybe a week out. I remember reading something like that. But yeah, uh, Bad Guy number two by Billie Eilish. Number three, Senorita yes. by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Because that was right last week. <laughs> Uh, number four is Talk by Khalid. And number five, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. This is interesting. Uh, another kind of asterisk here. So Truth Hurts is not a song released in 2019. It's not even a song released in 2018. This is not a new Lizzo song. Truth Hurts is from 2017. Okay. Why is it here? Because it's getting radio play for the first time ever. Because of just word of mouth after Lizzo released a new album this year. And she's just getting way more talk about her. Okay. So it's not like so an a old single has resurfaced. All right. So I say it's not like a uh, commercial boost. It's, I mean, not a commercial. it's part of that for sure because she has her music has been used in marketing in several cases this year. So yeah, she's just all over the place in 2019. 2019 is her year, and so yeah, this is proving that um, even if your song is a couple years old, uh, you can still make it into the charts. Right. Okay. Uh, speaking of other charts, Billboard 200, your albums chart, uh, number one is number six. <laughs> uh, the Collaborations Project by yes, Ed Sheeran. Second week at number one. Uh, number two, uh, barely losing out on the number one slot, is The Lion King, Colin the Gift by Beyonce, but really various artists. Really, it's very various artists. Uh, number three is When We Fall Asleep, comma, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. Number four is Seven EP by Lil Nas X. And number five, Revenge of the Dreamers by Dreamville and J. Cole. Yep. Uh, if you don't like any of those albums, <laughs> we have new releases. Oh, what am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. All right. Uh, first up, we have Berlin. Yes, 
That <laughs> Berlin with Transcendence. Uh, we also have Skillet. Yes, <laughs> that Skillet. Their name, I don't know why their name always makes me laugh, but it does. Because it's a Skillet. Skillet. But they're Skillet. Skillet. Uh, with Victorious. Uh, we also have The Bird and The Bee. Both of them. Uh, with Interpreting the Masters Volume 2, colon, a tribute to Va. As the name implies, this is a cover album. Yes. It's a tribute. Yes. Uh, we also have The Rocket Summer with Sweet Shivers, which I feel like this should have come out maybe during the summer, not at the end of summer. It's not the end of summer. It's the end of summer. It's the entirety of August. That's fall. No, sept- No! Um, there's a song called The Boys of Fall, which talks about August with... No, no. No, no, no. August is still summer. Sure, it's still dry heat, I guess. Uh, speaking of dry heat, we have Ty Seagal with First Taste. Uh, we also have Tyler Childers. Do you know who this is? Uh, no. Okay. But he has an album called Country Squire. Uh, I may know a song, right. maybe. We'll see. Uh, but rounding out new releases is our favorite Pokemon with a new album. <laughs> uh, Volbeat. It's Volbeat. Not to be confused with Volbeat. It's Volbeat. It's Volbeat. This doesn't play on radio. But the Pokemon, Volbeat. A long time ago I looked this up. The band does predate the Pokemon. Yes, I know we did look it's this up. It's weird, but yes. So the band Volbeat. Yes, the band Volbeat with Rewind, Replay, and Rebound. Okay. Before you can rebind to reconnect the rechain of memories. Reuse. Reuse. Uh, reduce. Recycle. Recycle. <laughs> reimagining. Restate it. Republican. All right, we're done. Okay. <laughs> we're done because we need to move on. Uh, the music news. Yes, the music news. We and got? we have Katy Perry. Oh, no. In a story, not by Katy Perry, but of Katy Perry. This was the other big music news this week because, and uh, we here at the media love a big legal tussle. Oh, I love some legal tussles. Oh, what do we got in the tussleville? Uh, so, Katy Perry in one corner. Who's in the other? Uh, the other corner is the Christian rap artist Marcus Gray, a.k.a. Flame. Flame? Flamey. Flame. No, that's another Pokemon. I don't know. It's Flame. Flame. Flame? Flame. I don't know. So, anyways, it is 2019, which means we need to talk about Katy Perry's hit, Dark Dark Horse, Horse, in 2013. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's up? I don't know what this guy has been like the past five years when Dark Horse was. Literally everywhere, and number yeah. one song everywhere. Including, you know, when she performed it at the Super Bowl, <laughs> which this guy doesn't watch, apparently. Apparently not. Or something. But, uh, anyways, Katy Perry's 2013 hit, Dark Horse, infringed on the song Joyful Noise by Flame. Uh, which, uh, the it's jury decided found, in court. Yes, it was decided in court. Uh, the... Los Angeles court found uh, the decision concerning the track's underlying beat followed a week-long trial Holy. in Los Angeles civil court, which included an appearance by Katy Perry herself, 
who testified for 35 minutes of her life she cannot get back. Uh, in her testimony, Perry said that co-writers and producers, Dr. Luke, yeah, boo, and Circuit, a.k.a. Henry Walter, brought her the song's instrumental track, which suggests that the two could have included elements of Joyful Dice in the song without Katy Perry's knowledge, which is usually how things like this yeah, go. A producer comes in with a sick beat for you to lay your lyrical flows upon. <laughs> yeah. And this Am is, I saying that right? Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a common practice. Uh, that uh, also, this is a practice that common bring uses. In others, like songwriters, when they're writing songs, well, of course, we'll have inspiration from other songs, and they'll bring them into the, the room to like listen to and figure out how to spin it. It's just that they spun it a little too close, apparently, according to this jury, and the jury thought that the two tracks did sound too close to each other. You could say they spun a little too close to the flame and ha. got burned. Ha! Ha! Indeed. Yeah, they did. Indeed they did. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you can say what you want about Dr. Luke. I mean, he's definitely had uh, become under fire over the last few years from accusations of Kesha and other women. Oh, yeah. Of uh, uh, sexual... Um, sexual misdeeds, but, but yeah, but also he's kind of. Uh, I've also heard that he's not exactly the the most like upfront songwriter either. That he is known to kind of borrow heavily from other artists. So this is not surprising in the least. Right, it's not like this is the sample that he could call either. It's just a no, straight up rip. Credit them. If you get credited, then this never happened. Do and you I'm think they get credited it, now? I mean, or do you think Dark Horse basically becomes nothing? Okay, well, here's the thing, is that usually the, the, the end of this is that if they do end up settling with the artist, they give them a bunch of money, and they credit it. Away. And that's cool. uh, like, rarely does anything else happen. But that's the most common thing, is that, like, he'll get some money from the, from, from the settlement, and that they'll put a credit, uh, him, uh, they'll credit him in this one, right? All right. I think I saw somewhere like $30 million dollars. Seeking for damages. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, uh, Katy Perry had nothing to do with this, but Supposedly. by proxy, because it is her song. Yeah, she's they, involved they because she's in. credited as songwriting as well. Yeah. Uh, but probably more in the actual writing, about the producing. But yeah. Who knows? I, I don't want to, you know, cast aspersions on Katy Perry's involvement in her albums. I don't know how involved she is. So that's why she probably spent 35 minutes on the stand, is because she had to go through, this is my input on this song, this is exactly what I did. Right. So, yeah. Interesting, nonetheless. Oh, no, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting that's why I like covering these legal battles, because yeah. all these legally things of it's creative funny. media is always fun in different interpretations yeah. of judges and courts and lawyers and juries, of how they see things, is always a uh, unique yeah, uh, taste it. of it. Uh, All right. But speaking of uniqueness, yes. Woodstock 50. Oh, boy. All right. Well, every generation has... I saw a good Twitter <laughs> joke about this. Every generation has, like, their appropriate Woodstock, and appropriately for our generation, it was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I thought I was say it, it was ruined no. but by the old yeah, people. Also, but yes. Ruined by baby boomers? Yes. Yes, ruined also. by the baby boomers. <laughs> All right, so what's happening with Woodstock 50? Well, Woodstock Fish... Woodstock... Officially. Woodstock Woodstock 50 
is officially no longer happening. Canceled. Uh, vendors and stakeholders were notified today that the festival was no longer going to happen. Yeah. In unfortunate news, the festival was originally scheduled for August 16th through the 18th. Needless to say, that's in like two weeks. They're <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> no. They couldn't find a venue. A bunch of people bailed. Uh, no. Reported headliner Miley Cyrus had pulled out of this festival. Joining the Racketeers, the Lumineers, and original Woodstock 1969 performers Santana, John Sebastian, and country Joe McDonald, all of whom have said publicly that they're not performing. <laughs> Earlier headliners included Jay-Z and The Dead and Company, as well as John Fogarty, uh, confirming that they will not be performing. So, <laughs> there's no artists for a festival, therefore... <laughs> There's no festival for the artists. Yeah, what does a festival do when no one's playing and they don't have a venue? It well, becomes a food get, festival. <laughs> they get canceled, is the answer. Oh, because a food festival. So yeah, no, this was a disaster from the start. Um, and yeah, they could never figure out a way to get it to work. So yeah, of course it's not going to happen. Uh, well, so much for Woodstock 50. Yeah, can we just me. Can we just do our own Woodstock 50 and play it on Spotify? You know, really, like the really 21st loud. century, we <laughs> yeah, are. Really, really loud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we'll do our own Woodstock 50 party here. Maybe not physically here, but in our hearts, we'll have a Woodstock 50 party. In our hearts. <laughs> Where it really belongs. <laughs> that way we can do all the drugs in a safe space and yeah, not exactly. somewhere out into an open field. Mm, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. We live glory days. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have some thoughts. Uh, not thoughts on drugs or Woodstock, but thoughts on albums. Yeah, some albums dropped. Uh, you listened to one, I listened to the other. What did you listen to? I listened to Fever Dream by Of Monsters and Men. Are you sure you did, or were you, uh, say, having a fever dream? Well, I did have a fever, and I did have a dream. Okay. Neither of them, well, no, they were occurring at the same time, but... All three of which did not have anything to do with me listening to Of Monsters and Men. Okay. Fever Dream. Of Monsters and Men. Here's what I know about them. Is that they were big in the era, in, at the beginning of this decade, where all those like weird folksy songs were big. Yes. Like frickin' the Lumineers and stuff like yes. that. Yes. So, are they still that? Yeah. Okay. Um, they still have uh, the same kind of vibe influences and musical tones and aspirations of... Lord and Lana Del Rey, but with a really rocky Icelandic vibe to them. Icelandic? Aren't they Icelandic? Yes, they are. Um, I'm pretty sure they are Icelandic. I think I remember, like, (laughs) their early career reading up that they are Icelandic. All right. Uh, I usually don't fact check myself, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like one of those things that I know that they're Icelandic. I've heard before the fact checking slows down podcasts. It kind of does, which is why you can't do all your fact-checking at the end. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if you want to fact-check us here, fact-check us and send it to <laughs> mediumbopodcast.com. Uh, gmail.com. Gmail.com. <laughs> 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 uh, anyways, um, a lot of the songs out here are like that of Lord and Lana Del Rey, where it gets kind of poppy, but most of all, it's kind of slow, melodramatic, kind of soul-inspiring music. Kind of hits you right here in the feels. Okay. Makes you want to like 
sit down and listen to it uh-huh. and not really do anything, just kind of absorb it. Uh, but there aren't any real poppy songs yeah, in here. You're not really selling me on this thing. No, there's not real poppy songs in this. I don't see any hits coming out of it, except for one, Wild Roses, which may or may not become the single off of this thing. But if it is, it'll be the only song off of this. It's really slow, melodramatic, and if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Otherwise, go ahead and skip this album. Um, and I hate, to, uh, I don't hate to say it, you kind of may want to kind of dismiss of Monsters and Men in general. Just put them <laughs> squarely in this decade and leave them here in this yeah. decade. It's tough. It's it is tough. Because you, you want to see music acts succeed, especially when they're something this different, this vibratious. But if they're unable to... Whatever that sus- word was. Vibratonus. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting worse. It is. It's evolving. <laughs> but, if it's, but if they're unable to sustain that kind of musical influences on themselves or in honestly, the genre... it's hard to be a mainstream rock act. It kind of is. It's a different game than it used to be. Uh, like, you, not everybody can be Imagine Dragons. Right. I mean, a lot of people try to be Imagine Dragons. A lot Dragons. of people try. A lot of old bands pivot to be Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yes. As we have covered this decade. But yeah, and like, so to, to get a certain level of success that they probably enjoyed earlier in the decade, is like, yeah, this is not how they're gonna do it. Yeah, they're gonna stay middle-tier festival to probably... Possibly lower tier. Well, it sounds disappointing. It is a little bit disappointing. You know what else was disappointing? Is it the album you listened to? Yes. Oh, no. All right, so tell me about The Big Day. So. Oh, is it Chance the Rapper? Yeah, I know. Wait. All right. Okay. Let's talk about this thing. All right, did you listen to this wearing your number three hat? I don't have a number three hat, but if I did, I may have. Because going into this, I, like many people out there and many professional critics and many people that I personally know were excited for more Chance the Rapper because he's Chance the Rapper. I mean, the kid is very endearing. He seems like he gets a real good, like a big jolt, like just, just his music is so joyful. Like he's, he seems like he's such in a good mood all the time. He's recently like married. He has a kid. Like he's a big happy family man now. Um, and like, yeah, he's, he's done all those donations to Chicago. Yeah, he's so philanthropic for his hometown. He is also involved in some legitimately awesome stuff. Like he's now, as uh, the trailer we mentioned earlier for Steven Universe the movie, he's involved in uh, some of the music for that film. And so, like, yeah, he just seems like a cool guy, maybe except for the weird like I defend Kanye West no matter what thing. Uh, but beyond that. And also, uh, from 2016, Coloring Book, uh, his last mixtape was a big deal, and it was great. Right, the Coloring Book. I think I even probably talked about it on this very podcast. Oh, yes, you uh, did. The first season that we did this. And so, yeah, it's like, this was going to be his major uh, label debut. This was going to be a big deal. And he kind of dropped that out of nowhere, just maybe a month till, telling us that it even existed. And on paper... It should be a big deal because there are like 22 tracks or skits on this thing um, and like the guest appearances are countless. Nicki Minaj is on this thing. Death Cab for Cutie? Oh, that's weird. on this thing. Yeah. When you hear Ben Gibbard's voice coming out of the second song of this thing, it's not a fluke. He's really there. Um, Like, man, a lot of weird choices, a lot of guest spots. 
This thing looks like it should be his late registration, the Kanye West record. Okay. It's not. It's his views. Oh, weird. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's overly long, but not enjoyably so. It's bloated. It's boring in a lot of spaces. And it maybe, maybe has like three or four good songs. Oof. Yeah. It's not for a lack of trying, though. Chance does show up. You know, there he does his classic flow. He, His voice does the gymnastics that you expect from his voice. He's got such a unique voice, and he uses it every song. But the choices that he makes production-wise aren't as strong. Uh, the guest rappers out-rap him nine times out of ten on this thing. Ugh. Nicki Minaj's verses are better than his verses twice, both times that she shows up. His brother is on a track in this thing. Uh, Chance's brother. Yeah. Chance's brother raps better than he does on, this, on his own song. Now, do you think this is because Chance Rapper has overexerted himself? Or that he doesn't have the same kind of mentality or flow or writing style as okay. he did before? I think it's twofold. I think part one, one uh, that might be the thing here is that I think he bit off more than he can chew. Previously his releases were mixtapes and they were treated as as so they were released for free um and they basically were like almost like stunts because it was basically him showing off that one he could he could make a mixtape matter into this decade even though he doesn't have like all the big like album uh, oh the big name albums that like his uh predecessors and his competitors do uh, but also that like that he had the talent to prove it. Like it was a different situation. Now there's a lot writing on this. It's a big major label debut. It's a debut album, album length album. It's no longer him playing with in kind of the small sandbox. This is him playing in the big yard. Like so, it. I think that works against it in a lot of ways, where there is a struggle. You can tell. Of him like struggling with the new format and the new like, like, like expanse that he has to deal with, like the new playing field he has to deal with. Uh, the second thing, the reason why I don't think this works is because, man, when we when uh, Coloring Book came out in twenty sixteen, we were in a completely different place as a culture than we are now in twenty nineteen, and I think that his wide eyed gospel influenced positive. Vibe thing doesn't play as well. If you look at the trends in rap this year, and we've talked about it on this podcast, all those number one albums I had yeah. to slog through, a recurring theme was just being mired in depression and addiction and dealing with death. It's very dark. A lot of popular music, and Billie Eilish is also a good example of this. Right. Popular music is in a very dark place right now. Well, the world itself is in a very dark place. You can only you can also see this with Taylor Swift, and why I think one of the reasons why her singles are struggling is because she's taken the tact of no, everything's colorful, and we're going to talk about like fun things again. We got fun Taylor Swift back in a year where fun is not trendy anymore. Well, fun has been trendy for at least six years now. The exception, yeah, I know. The exception <laughs> is, um, um, of course, Little uh, Nas X with. Old Town Road. Road. And the reason why that's an exception is because it's cynical. It's an ironic kind of thing. It's not necessarily like, it's goofy, 
but it's goofy with a nine inch nails sample. Like it's it's mm-hmm. still moody. It's still got that kind of affection to it, where it's not you know rainbows and exploding glitter like <laughs> like Taylor and Chance want it to be. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's such a complicated thing. And there, like I said, there are good songs. I think it ends really strong, and there are some really good moments that he has where you're why you where you remember. Oh yeah, he's Chance the Rapper. And I think that this is not the end for him. I think. That there is, I can envision him having a career where he just keeps putting these things out, and eventually we catch up to where he is, or vice versa. So, do you think this could be like in three years from now, we'll go look back and be like, "Oh, this was actually a decent album." This is, there's a chance. I think that, <laughs> there's a chance. That, I think that's possible because I think that if we do end up in a different space culturally, maybe yeah, maybe there will be a piece. Right in a few years from now, saying like, "Hey, we all snoozed on the big day, but it matters now," and also it may communicate to a different audience than the mainstream like music critic audience that is largely giving feedback about this. He may find a niche here. This will probably still be your number one album next week. Okay, like it's it's kind of like I don't know how much of this is reading the zeitgeist and making it matter more than it does, or like, forgetting that there's a big fan base who will eat up anything you think that Chance does. Okay. So yeah, it's an interesting release. I found it kind of boring. Okay. And disappointing for uh, how much I liked his stuff before. Well, that's disappointing. Fair. But we have seen that happen where albums from the past do yeah. make a comeback. It could happen. It's not going to be the first time. Definitely won't be the last. Yeah. But all we can do is just wait and see. Yeah, all we can do. Sure. So yeah, uh, that's all that I have. Okay, that's all that I have ever to do, do music. All right, so that means oh, we get to move. Wait, yeah, Taylor Swift was on Good Morning America today, released talking about something. Okay. Did you see it? No. I didn't. So we're not going to talk about it. All right, let's move on okay. to video game. All right, we start video game with new releases. So, where's a couple of games? There's a couple of games. Uh, one technically came out last week, but now everybody gets to play it. Yeah, first one is Age of Wonders, colon... Planetfall for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, don't know what that is. I don't know. Second one is Madden 20. No, you're yes. not hearing this for a second time. This is Madden 20, the physical copy yeah, uh, being released. Most people, aka anybody who doesn't have EA access, then this is the week you get to play Madden. Yes, for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yeah. Uh, I had the wonderful conversation of talking about getting EA Access last <laughs> Friday <laughs> when Madden was released. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about that when we get into thoughts, okay. but we'll talk about uh, some news. And we normally try and not talk about Fortnite. <laughs> it's ubiquitous. Yeah, but see, but. And it is currently the biggest game out there. So big, in fact, that they had the Fortnite World Championships this past Weekend. Yeah. So, Epic has crowned the winners of the first Fortnite World Cup. And the big winner is Teenage Kyle Booga. Booga. Uh, Gearsdorf. 16-year-old. Recent millionaire. Young. Thrice over. That's right. He won the single largest pool of cash in the competition, taking home $3 million dollars for winning the solo tournament on Sunday. Now, solo to be tournament. clear, that was the solo tournament, and he won it 
by technically only winning one game, but because he placed the top five for six of the games, or like four of the six of the games, he won based off points, and he won double the points of the player in second place. Yeah. Uh, but the largest payout was part of a $30 million prize pool that Epic set aside for the World Club World Cup split between <laughs> s- split between several com- com- competitors and competitions. All 100 players earned at least $50,000 just to show up. Not a bad payday to be one of the top 100 no, Fortnite players. Not bad. Uh, the duo's winners, Nairo and Aqua on Team Cooler, also earned $3 million, but they split that prize. Uh, the creative's winners took over just $1.3 million each. Yeah, that being a different mode where you can, like, build stuff while, yeah. you, can, while you shoot. Uh, yeah, while you shoot and loot yeah. and... Exactly. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, that's $3 million for playing Fortnite. ESPN had this graphic showed up <laughs> compared to other uh, winners this year. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Only yeah. won two point five million for winning I the saw Masters. That, yeah. uh, I think point. Messi only earned two point nine. So he is at sixty years old, the largest sub dollar amount winner of a competition this year. That's pretty crazy. At sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, for all those parents saying kids don't play video games, they'll get nothing out of it. <laughs> Suck it. Oh, um, also, uh, by the way, I believe this is the PC version only of the game. Yeah. Uh, for all of you who played console. Or, or worse yet, mobile phone. Or worse yet, mobile phone. <laughs> this, these players don't play that. They play PC version. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. It's a way they can all make they can make sure it's all being played the same way. Right. Uh, well, plus for their servers. Yeah. Uh, but also, this $30 million um, prize money... Pales in comparison to that reported $1.5 billion influx of cash they got earlier last year that we talked about. Uh, but because World Cup of Fortnite was this past weekend, they also showed off, and technically tomorrow, on August 1st, begins Season 10 of Fortnite. That's too many seasons, if you ask me. Yeah, for a free game, you get 10 seasons of Fortnite. Uh, but for those of you who play, that's what you got going on there. I still don't play it. Nope. Uh, you don't play it. Nope. We are just covering it because it yeah. is technically this was just a lot the of biggest money. news. It was a lot of money. It's also the biggest news in video game this right. week. Yep. But don't be confused with the other gaming news we're going to be talking about. EA, which is the worst video game company <laughs> in video game history. Well, what's right going on with that? Uh, well, EA has confirmed, officially confirmed, it will release a new Need for Speed title coming soon. Uh, EA said in an investor's call that it plans to launch the new game before the end of March 2020, a.k.a. the end of quarter four. Uh, quote, we'll be delivering many other new experiences to players throughout the remainder of this fiscal year, said EA CEO Andrew Wilson. Quote, We'll take the wraps off our new 
Need for Speed game heading into GamesCon, which is coming in a few weeks. We also have plans for a Plants vs. Zombies shooter title coming to console and PC later this year. Both of those games didn't know they were actually in development, Todd. Yeah, now they are. Yeah. Um, I like the Need for Speed franchise. Um, they're fun games. I like their open world aspects of it. Uh, but yeah, a new Need for Speed title uh, coming to a console near you. Also, if you're still in 2010, Plants vs. Zombies <laughs> uh, apparently needs a new Why boat. Why not? Yeah, right on. Uh, but that does it for EA. We still don't like EA. That does it for news, and we go into thoughts. All right, so you played some football. Are you ready for some football? Uh, I am ready to play some Madden 20, as I do not own the game yet. Okay. As I started to say at the beginning of this segment, <laughs> um, I had a long and lengthy discussion about yeah. EA Access. So you're not yet ready for What it. EA Access is, <laughs> yeah. how much it costs, uh-huh. and why you should not get EA Access. And so you basically were able to talk somebody out of... Out of paying $30 above for EA Access. Good. Uh, because we'll just get a physical copy because oh, you get access if you get the digital copy you need a physical copy we need that cover yeah why not but yeah uh, but uh, because some people do pay for it I was able to watch some gameplay of their story mode their face of the franchise as they're calling it as they're wrapping in <laughs> their not only their franchise mode but their creative player mode and their single player long shot mode all rolled into one, where you get to be the new face of a franchise, and which means you get to possibly take your team to the Super Bowl, but most likely not, as in order to be the face of the franchise, you get to be the face of the franchise of a team that sucks. So far, I've looked online, and people, the teams they've been drafted to include the Raiders, the Dolphins... (laughs) The Broncos. The Browns? <laughs> no, not, no the Browns. not the Browns. No, because they drafted Baker Mayfield. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to somehow get the number one overall pick, the Cardinals. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think some teams got the Texans as well. But mostly it's been those three teams, which means that if you are on those teams, you have to play during the season twice, mm-hmm. either... New England Patriots and Tom Brady, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, or L.A. Rams and Jared Goff. Oh, boy. Which are quite arguably the three top teams in the NFL right now, um, outside of Green Bay and the the New England Saints. New England, New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Also, Uh, that happened. Also, that happened. No. Actually, no, that also happened, where a judge in Louisiana ordered Roger Goodell and the three refs to appear in a court oh, to testify no, about the game. Oh, boy. Yeah. Which I don't know what they could do about it. Yeah, but probably not much. Yeah. I mean, it turns like a settlement or sub, but yeah, not much you can actually do about it. But that's happening. And yeah, I'll be getting uh, Madden 20 this weekend. It comes out officially on August 2nd. I'll be picking it up, physical copy, which we also have to wait an hour and a half for everything to download onto it. Let to clear some space. 
uh, probably say goodbye to Madden 16, because I think that one is still on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 16, probably. 18, and 20. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll be playing and maybe streaming some Madden this weekend. I don't know. But I'll definitely right. be playing with it. I'll have my thoughts cool. on Madden 20 and that fran- face the franchise mode. Next week. All right. So we'll but be ready for some football. Until next week. Yes. Let's plug away and wrap this show up. Yeah, that's it. That's it for video games. That's it for the Media Boat Podcast for this week, at least. Uh, so, yeah, if you liked what you heard, you can catch us every Wednesday night on YouTube. Just search YouTube.com for Media Boat Podcast. You'll find our page. Like, subscribe, click that little bell. If you click it, you get notifications when we go live. Typically... It's on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and, um, yeah, you can catch us streaming this very show live on the Internet. If you'd rather listen to it on an audio anywhere you are, you can also do that. Just search Apple Podcasts or any equivalent podcast service for Media Boat Podcasts, and you'll find us. Subscribe and listen. You can also find us on social media. We're at Media Boatcast on Twitter. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast to find our page, like and comment. If you go to twitch.tv slash video, video games, do that every time. Yep. Twitch.tv slash <laughs> Media Boat. Boat. <laughs> we should just get that. Get that. Let's get there as a channel just called Video Games. Yeah, I, don't actually go to twitch.tv slash video games. I don't know what's on there. I don't know. I think that if it's not taken, <laughs> we should definitely take it. Right? Um got it take. Um, you yeah. assume it's taken by somebody or some corporation. Video's game. Uh, but yeah, uh, Media Boat slash Media Boat is where you can find us playing stuff like Madden. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon if you want to help us out with money. This costs money. Hosting a website costs money. Hosting a podcast costs money. You can help us out with money if you go to patreon.com slash Media Boat and you can download it. Download. You can download donate. Yep. Long you can download you can our donate. podcast and donate a dollar. Donate as little as a dollar. That little amount even can help us. So please consider donating and becoming a patron. You can also uh, find, help uh, ask us questions on uh, uh, email if you'd like. We mentioned it twice already, but yes, that email address is mediumopodcast at gmail dot com. Email us there. Ask us questions, corrections, whatever you got, anything. Email us there. That'll be it for this week. Tune in next week for another episode. Good. Bye, and have a good one. Goodbye. We'll be back next week with Madden cover-up and more thoughts on stuff and albums and stuff. It was a cover-up. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.